September 2013. My name is Geraint Thomas. Hang on, hang on. I'm not ready yet. I'm just trying to 
I'm getting them to angle the satellite on top of the university, the the dish. Okay, all right. I'll just you you just do that. I'll carry on. Um, That that was Simon, and this is our errand of mercy, uh, broadcasting live today uh, from from Monrovia, the capital of Liberia. That's not going to work, is it? You can't look. Look, just put it down. Look, you spin spin it around. There, hang on a minute. Look. Is it? Are we getting it off the uh, the satellites over over Eastern Europe? Is are we getting the feed strong? I think I think it's working. I, I mean, I don't know. This is like your your end, really. Like, okay, I'll just this... hang, just give me a moment. Okay. Um, no, but hang on. Yeah, I think we we we're going through. Yeah, that that looks like we're getting a clear feed. So right, uh, we've Excellent. we've successfully reset up the studio in Liberia. Brilliant. I mean, we like this is why we're doing it on Thursday instead of Tuesday. You know, there are technical problems, but yeah, it seems like everything's working now. Um, yeah, Liberia, it's 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 all right. Um, there are some issues, I think. <laughs> right, okay, well, first off, the stews are amazing. Like, can mm. I say, like, everyone's been really nice. The, the stews have been great. Um, Drink a lot of Guinness here, um, which I'm not so keen on, but you know. You know I really like Guinness, so I've done really well. Yeah, you've done quite well out of it. Couple of snags, though. Um, on a, while we're on our way over, um, the education minister has allowed 1,800 people to become students. So our plan of dotting off in Liberia because we wouldn't be able to have to do anything at the university is not working out quite as planned. Have you ever tried to teach uh, basic immunity in a language that is not your first language, G? Because mm-hmm. because I have, and let me tell you, um, Liberians tend to get quite aggressive if you uh, if they if they work out you don't really know what you're talking about in Liberian. It, it gets pretty uh, pretty, gets pretty messy. It gets pretty yeah. hairy. Yeah, and also like on that note, um, we kind of we since we've been here, we've done some looking into the laws. And it turns out you can only become a citizen of Liberia if you're an African-born black person. So, I mean... Uh, yeah, well... I, I don't know. I mean, I, I spoke to a president because, you know, it's quite a small country. So <laughs> Everyone knows everyone. Yeah, it's one of those kind of places. And she said, like, it's more just because, like, no white people have ever tried to move to Liberia. Um, but I don't know, like... I. We'll see how it goes. We'll see, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll see if next week, if we've managed to stick it out. We I mean, may this, have to come back to we England. Might, we might have to, like, rethink our plans. But, you know, for now, Liberia's, it's okay, you know. Yeah, it's fine. We'll be okay for now. I mean, uh, who would have thought that they'd actually sort out some kind of a decent education system? Honestly, you just, yeah. you try and do something to have an easy life, but they won't let you, will you? Will they? They never, yeah, they'll, they'll always mess it up by like doing something good for their country. It's but the man, it's... the man, he's, he's keeping us down. So let's just jump right into the show by going back to a story that we ended on last week. So, you know, it's almost like some continuity here. It's um, cyclical. It is, it's cyclical. That's what this is. <laughs> That's going to be the name of... Um, of this this week's show, Liberia, <laughs> it's cyclical. <laughs> um, so, if you remember, we were talking about uh, a stork that was arrested. A stork, as in a bird, for stork. Yeah, was arrested in Egypt for being a spy. Spy um, stork. The spy stork. Um, when we left you, it was about to be released. The um, the prosecutors were sort of like seeing if there was any sort of a case that could be built against it, but it seemed more than likely that the stork would be released uh, from prison. Um, 
it was, but was promptly caught and then eaten <laughs> by some Egyptians. We believe that this might be the work of his um, his erstwhile companion and um, cooperative. That's Ligret, who is yeah. a, a dangerous egret who's been known to work for the French government, but has since gone rogue. Yeah, he he, you know, he's like a mercenary. He's he's a soldier of fortune, really. I think would be the best description. Of and we believe Grant. that he may have paid some Egyptians to assassinate um, the stork and then eat the evidence. Yeah, you know, because like quite frankly, Legret, he's he's not a person who has friends, you know, and really he couldn't trust that the stork hadn't been turned while in prison. So um, you know, yeah, had him off. That's what we believe has happened can't we believe that's what occurred i mean you, you can't find proof either way because all of this stuff's so secretive i mean it may appear that the stork was just eaten because some people were hungry but that's but, that's how that's how ligret operates you can never tell unless he wants you to know you know the thing is simon it, the story the way it panned out it was almost too obvious you know <laughs> you could see like, if you had asked me, this is how I'd have thought it have ended. And I think this is the thing. You know, everything's gone too perfectly as far as Legret's concerned. <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, very sad, of course, about the stork. Um, yeah. Apparently the stork was called Menes for stork. Was that genuinely his name? That, that was that was the stork's name, yes. <laughs> they called it Menace. Menes. Menes. M-E-N-E-S. Menes. Was there like a, a mallard called Public Enemy as well? <laughs> but Enemy was spelled N-M-E. Ooh. Yeah. Interesting. He's like a he's like a, a hacker. That's his hacker alias. Oh, his hacker name, right. And there's like a one instead of an L. He's their he's their tech guy, a mallard. He's yeah. a mallard in the van. Oh, I bet he's getting really stressed out now about about you know the stork being killed. You know because he knows he's not a fighter. He's what's next. he what's he gonna yeah what's he gonna do when Legret comes for him? <laughs> he he's probably he in like the Chilean embassy. Him and um, him and Snowden they're like they're in the same part of Russia, <laughs> working together. They're forming a crack hacker team. Yeah, trying to get the docks on Legret. <laughs> It's like it's a whole fantasy that, mm. that I'm sure this kind of thing, after my um, my inevitable psychological deterioration, they will use this kind of uh, podcast material as evidence against me. <laughs> <laughs> Even when he appeared to be psychologically uh, sane and healthy, he still created ridiculous fantasy situations. Oh, you see, I thought, you know, when you were talking about your kind of mental decline, it was more that you'd sort of get like, you, you, eventually when you're like 90, Simon, you'll have you'll have like dementia and all you'll be able to remember is this stuff you'll you'll suddenly realize like the the pro like the programming in your head will click and you'll realize you were regret all along (laughs) just like uh mr pain in number 203 he's nesting again (laughs) i told him not told you not to give him any newspapers all he's gonna do is is cover them in his saliva and then build a crude nest out of them
so yeah anyway moving on from that story of dork being being arrested by the egyptian police we heard that and we were kind of like oh man that's so ridiculous what could be more ridiculous than the police of a country arresting a bird because they think it's a spy well the headline coconut detained in maldives over vote vote rigging claim (laughs) <laughs> what? Did, did, a, did a coconut win an election? Is that what happened? A coconut has been detained by the Maldivian police on suspicion of vote rigging in a key presidential election. The coconut, How? The coconut described as young, was found there as... <laughs> young and shifty looking. <laughs> was found near a school but will be used as a polling station on Saturday. This was last Saturday. Uh, won the hundreds of islands that comprise the Indian Ocean Archipelago State. Um, <laughs> um, apparently the police believe that the coconut was practising black magic. <laughs> it, just, it just it keeps on getting better. The coconut had a Quranic verse written in Arabic on it and was lying on the ground near a school, easy for the public to see. Dead <laughs> a police spokesman. I did like once again, that's one of those situations where you ask somebody for somebody for an explanation and what they give you is information, but it's not an exclamation explanation, is it? It's just more crazy. How like like so it had like writing on it from the Quran? Is that what he said? Yeah, and and they believe this was black magic to affect the uh, results of the presidential election. So it's an evil coconut. Is that what they're saying? It's an evil Muslim coconut. It's an evil Muslim vote-rigging black magic coconut. (laughs) That is going to be the name of my new band. Forget Um, Transdimensional Thunder. We're going to be the the evil Muslim black magic vote-rigging coconuts. Apparently, the school authorities of the school, which was being a polling station, had resisted their buildings being used as a polling station, citing previous instances when problems had been caused by magic so this this school has a history of like issues with magic it's like the it's like the school from buffy the vampire slayer it's yeah. built on top of a hell mouth they um, have issues with like with voodoo shit going on but the um the polling station um was um was put into school after the national election commission said it would ex- accept responsibility if anyone fell under a spell <laughs> So they reckon people are going to be like like psychologically suggested by spells, by beams and spells, shall we say, yeah, to, to vote for somebody yeah. that they um, wouldn't otherwise vote for. Eventually, um, the coconut was released by police after a local magician was summoned and determined that the coconut was, in fact, innocent. <laughs> that is some. That's some crazy shit. That is ridiculous <laughs> like, so how do you release a coconut as well do they like roll it down the steps of the yes. did they release it into the custody of the magician or did they <laughs> did they just like throw it out of the police station yeah i mean i don't can you i mean i guess you can't eat a magic coconut no. who knows what the fuck will happen at that point yeah if you do that's that's gonna be so you'll turn into some kind of weird coconut zombie or golem 
I would I would suggest is what would happen then. I mean, let's be honest, if this coconut is capable of rigging a presidential election, who knows what the fuck would happen if you ate it? That's a powerful coconut. The whole like the police having to hire a like a, a magician to come in and be like, Yeah, that's uh that's 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 a magic coconut, but it's not the kind you're looking for. That's, did you think they, did they have Simon, did they have an identity parade? <laughs> <laughs> what what like but but coconut to find... time that's what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> what so like they throw cricket balls at the coconuts and yeah. the one that doesn't fall out of the coconut shy is the evil one and all the other ones are just normal coconuts <laughs> <laughs> roll up take your pick help the process of justice <laughs> Determine which of these coconuts wants to destroy your democratic rights. <laughs> and they're playing like the music from the Monty Python in the Monty Python's in the background. Did it 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 Roll up, roll up <laughs> I'm never gonna look at a coconut shy the same way. <laughs> yeah, it turns out it's actually I mean, coconut shies in Britain emerged from a similar process. You know, originally back when coconuts were first discovered, they were all assumed to be... Magic kind of, and evil. Magic and evil. So I think the coconut shy is a remnant. It's like a folk memory of, of an earlier era of coconut-based justice in this country. <laughs> a way of judging the relative morality of coconuts. Fucking hated coconut shies when I was a kid. I used to love them. It's always it's always just like the crooked members of like the Rotary Club who super glued all of the coconuts yeah. down. It's like, come along, kids, or like winking to each other. Bastards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I once um I once actually I went to a coconut shy um at a church fair. Mm. So generally yeah. there's not gonna be any coconut tampering going on there. And I won a coconut at the coconut shy and it was kinda shit. And it can't, it just ruined coconut shies for me for the rest of like I became a very very cynical ten year old at that point. I was like, why would I even want to bother if okay. the prize well, I mean, win? You said it was isn't... a shit come coconut. Look back, did it have a verse from the Quran written onto it? <laughs> no, I think it might have been the Torah. <laughs> it was a different a different kind of holy book. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I, I'm imagining like a big shady, like magical coconut emporium. Like, what do you want? We got ones from like uh, some of the the Old Testament. We got yeah. we got pure Torah stuff that's all written in Old um, Hebrew. We've got some um, do, some do you, some do of the parts. Have a, do you have a coconut with the uh, Bhagavad Gita on it? <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, that's going to cost you. They're really rare. <laughs> The uh, the Gita coconuts, those are really difficult to get hold of. I mean, uh, I knew a man who got killed just for yeah. five kilos of Gita coconuts. Yeah, I used to, you know, like we used to have this guy, but uh, you know, you know how these things are in the coconut tray. He didn't last. <laughs> let's just say that. Say no more. It's weird that like we we live here and that shit's going on in other places, mm. and like that's just part of the day to day. 
Like maybe that's a normal thing. Maybe coconuts get arrested in the Maldives all the time. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe it's just like every couple of days. Like another coconut got arrested. <laughs> another magical like, coconut. Fucking coconut. These <laughs> coconut crime rates are through. The, it's a major issue in the election. Actually, is, <laughs> is the ever spiraling rates of coconut crime. But there is a lot of coconuts. Isn't there in the Maldives? So, you know, maybe the percentage of the bad element of coconuts is not huge. Maybe we're yeah. looking like a 5% evil coconuts. Yeah. But, you know, Simon, a few bad bad coconuts spoils the barrel. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> maybe it does. I don't know how, like, how that works. I don't know yeah, how I, disease I, I spreads from really, coconuts. Yeah, yeah, I don't really know details of coconut spoilage, to be honest. <laughs> Speaking of, um, of of exorcisms and evil spirits, um, okay. I have a story that I wanted to tell you. Um, we're recording this show at, um, at about 8 o'clock. It's currently 20 past 8. And um, I'm hoping that we will be uh, finished in time um, for 9 o'clock tonight on, um, on BBC Three. Mm. There will be a, um, a documentary airing called Teen Exorcists. Uh, this is about a uh, a group of three girls who um, practice martial arts and exercise demons. Of course they do. What what uh, country is this happening in? Oh, I want you to guess. Okay. Um, what country? Now, I mean, to be honest, it already sounds like the plot to a kind of awesome martial arts film. So I'm going to guess Hong Kong. It's uh, actually Arizona in the US. Oh. Damn it. I feel like it sounds like a reboot of Three Ninjas. <laughs> three Ninjas, Three Ninjas knuckle up to defeat Satan. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and Hulk Hogan turns up again. Well, it's, it's in the states, so yeah, that's quite possible. I mean, he lives in California. That's like the next state over from Arizona. I don't, I don't it? really want. I don't really. If they, if they reboot Three Ninjas, possibly one of the best American Ninja series there as ever has been. I don't want Hulk Hogan to be in it. Don't know what Free Ninjas is. You've never seen Free Ninjas. Never, never come across this show. I'm sorry, mate. Um, we have to watch Free Ninjas. <laughs> it's like it's like an entire series of American movies from the late 80s and early 90s about three, like three. One, I think one of them's a teenager, and the the other two are like tween age. There's like a 14 year old, a 12 year old, and like an eight year old mm. who are who are ninjas, um, and they fight crime. Okay, it's from it's from the eighties and nineties, and it has that Hulk Hogan like in a, it. That sounds very eighties. So yeah, and uh, yeah, and Hulk Hogan's in it in a number of them. He plays a character called Dave Dragon, <laughs> <laughs> um, and and it features uh, a scene where they're like. Um, where 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 at the end of one of the movies they're like thanks dave dragon and then he looks directly into the camera and says thank you ninjas gives him a thumbs up and winks and then it freeze frames and the credits roll over his winking face <laughs> so in the vein of free ninjas knuckle up against satan we have mm. um there's three young girls who have some um have some amazingly american names you know okay. we speak about um good american names of, of places these are some good strong american lady names we've got bryn larson and tess and savannah schreckenbach <laughs> yeah tess and savannah schreckenbach yeah wow yeah how can they not be 
ghost fighting ninjas, quite honestly. It's amazing. They're karate black belts as well, because I'm not taking the piss. <laughs> this is like this is a thing that's like straight up happening. Their their dads like the two of them are the daughters of a world famous exorcist. It's like the fucking Who is a world famous exorcist? Yeah. That's not a thing. Reverend Bob Larson. <laughs> He is. Uh, he claims he has um, performed more than fifteen thousand exorcisms, and they've appeared alongside the, uh, alongside him in America and overseas, including in the UK. <laughs> I'm really on board with this as a concept because, like, reading the uh, the article, BBC News are talking about it because you know they're doing a documentary on it. I'm reading the article on the BBC News website, and yeah. um, just like about how they. Um, they met it's like a really it's like the organically forming story of an 80s blockbuster about white ninjas who are also exorcists <laughs> so like eight- I, that, that's it it's a diploma b movie it can't it be it's like the daughter the daughter of a world famous exorcist <laughs> must avenge her father yeah by learning karate with, with her sensei with the she- sister with with the help of her sister and best friend Bryn. Bryn and Tess and Savannah Shrekken back <laughs> They're ready to kick the devil Back into hell <laughs> The 18 year old Bryn Who's the uh, daughter of the world famous Exorcist met Tess and Savannah About 8 years ago At, ago at karate class exactly. uh, They really hit it off um, says Savannah, who's who's now age twenty one, but has been an exorcist for a long time. I don't know what happened, but sometimes you bond when you're punching one another and throwing knees. We were working out together, learning how to fight and how to defend ourselves and defend each other during a badass montage that was <laughs> so, like soundtracked by Def Leppard. Okay, she's twenty one. How old are the other two? So um, I'm just trying to find that information now. I think. Um, Tess is 18, so you've got a younger... Um, I think there's two younger girls and one older girl. So it's um, 21, 18, and... And I'd, I think, like, late teens as well, but they've been doing this for a while. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, I can't work out if this is, like, a high school-based, like, B-movie about, like, three teen girls learning karate and beating up Satan. Yeah. Or the plot of a softcore porn movie. Oh, it's... Oh, don't make it that. It, you've got to be honest. It's it's really close. No, they're, they're like... They're, they're, working, they're working with martial arts for Jesus. You can't <laughs> make this a porn thing. Okay. If martial arts for Jesus are involved, um, <laughs> then, yeah, then it can't be a porn thing. So, so do, I'm they have, this. do they have Jesus didn't tap? Where? I was about to say they better do. I think these these girls could become the new spokespeople for Jesus didn't tap. Yeah, I mean, if they d- didn't, it would. I think sh- it, it it would literally be a cry. <laughs> like, so if they don't, then someone should be arrested. <laughs> so I'm reading this and I'm like, okay, yeah. So they're like, they've got this gimmicky martial arts thing, but no, all three of them are, are karate black belts. I'm like, okay, this all seems pretty legit. Uh, so they, they've also decided to do battle against evil spirits or demons. They believe that these demons can possess a human being and cause suffering, depression, or addiction. I'm like, yeah, cool. I'm down with this. Like, you, 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 like, you pr- practice karate and you exercise demons. Cool. I'm, 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 I'm on board with you so far. <laughs> 
uh, and they say well, what happens is when someone sins or does something or something's done to them that allows that allows a demon to come into them they that that's called the legal right on the reason it's there you know difficult to understand but yeah they're from arizona there's some and concepts going on that i don't quite follow but you know whatever you're all black belts so you probably you're probably reasonably legit um, and then they say, and then Tess, who's 18, she loves music and reading, apparently. Uh, she says, every single country has a specific kind of demon. Would you like to know what they think uh, the UK's specific demon is? Oh, yes, please. I want you to try and guess for me, G. What do you think they th- think our demon is? Okay, I am immediately picturing, like, a, a very sort of suave demon, like, quite thin in a pinstripe suit, drinking a cup of tea with, like, a curly moustache. Uh, they believe that the UK in particular is a hotbed for witchcraft because of the popularity of J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter books. Oh, fuck, I should have guessed! You should have guessed! should have guessed! can't believe that. Witchcraft. Yeah. Yeah, witchcraft. We did kind of... That's, that's, I guess that's our thing. Mm. We started that. That was our thing. I, I think we can claim that. Yeah, we're all into like wizards and witchcraft. Witchcraft was the official religion of our country for a very long time. Yeah. Probably. Probably. We had all that like pagan shit going down. Yeah, yeah there, there was definitely some pagan stuff going on. There was definitely some, some witches about. Some you know? some Earth Mother stuff going on. Yeah. You know, so, so so they're sort of picturing that there's a lot of Wicker Man shit going down. I believe that's what they reckon okay. yeah, we're doing. Uh, yeah, no, spells, I mean, so, we've, we've spoken about, like, crazy, like, village pagan rituals that still exist in the UK before. Yeah. So that seems totally legit. To yeah, yeah, and um, they say um, the spells and things that you're reading in the Harry Potter books, they aren't just something that are made up. Those are actual spells. Those are things that came from witchcraft books says Tess. Uh, Tess, I think you're confused. Um, I don't think they are. No, I because, think... Because a lot of witchcraft books mainly contained, like, herbal poultices. And, yeah. Uh, and, and a lot of it's involved in, like, before, like making concoctions under yeah. certain phases of the moon. It's yeah. all It's all very... It's not very immediate. Yeah, and, and, like, a lot of kind of euphemisms for fucking as well. I think yeah. that's kind of a major part of it. Yeah. Um, it get feeling that Harry Potter less euphemisms for fucking. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Maybe, maybe. Uh, I have, I, I, I've never read past the Goblet of Fire, so I'd you read. know, like, like so many people our age haven't. I think that's maybe the point when, like, she was writing for somebody slightly younger than us, and we all got to Goblet and Fire. We were like, this isn't really for me anymore. It's not really doing it for me. Anymore. I feel like I've grown out of this yeah. now. And then we all read Lord of the Rings or something instead. Yeah, probably. I read. Yeah. I moved on to Raymond E. Feist. Everybody's got that story. Anybody who reads like fantasy novels is like, I read Harry Potter up to Goblet of Fire, and then I started reading other things. Yeah. So you didn't read Beyond Goblet of Fire. I got to Goblet and Fire and stopped. Yeah. yeah because I was see- like. I kind of, I don't know, like, I, we've never talked about Harry Potter. Isn't it crazy, Simon? <laughs> it is, because, you know, like, we've got a lot of listeners overseas, especially in America. We should capitalise on this. Yeah, like, no, I, I I, just assumed you were the sort of guy who would have carried on reading them, to be well, honest. like, here's, here's just the thing. I'm currently holding in my hand um, the coffee mug that I drink my morning coffee out of every morning. So that's it. You've got an enormous, like, Hogwarts... Coffee I've got like a Slytherin beer stein that I drink my coffee out of. You went to fucking Harry Potter world. It's because I have like a 
I have a passing interest in the universe, but like there are much more compelling ones out there. Also, I kind of like the fact that that um, that every single personality test I've ever done has always put me into House Slytherin, which okay. makes me like interesting and sexy. I reckon. There was like so Slytherin was kind of like the the sort of slightly evil, cynical one. Yeah, yeah. They were they were like the ones who were after magical power above yeah. all else. And then, like, Harry Potter was in Gryffindor, which yeah. is just, like, kind of do-goody dickheads. Yeah, know? they were, like, the true the true good people. And then there yeah. was Ravenclaw, who were all the really clever ones. And then Hufflepuff, who were, like, the supply teachers. Yeah, I think I, think I kind of, like, when I've done these things, I've been in Ravenclaw, because I'm just, like, a sort of nerdy dickhead. <laughs> well, I, I believe that I have, there's a, there's a dark attraction about me, Jim. <laughs> That's what it is. And that's why I'm in Slytherin, the sexiest Harry Potter house. I don't and know. I should... think I could be. I think I could do Hufflepuff as Hufflepuff. Really? <laughs> Call fucking Hufflepuff. Yeah. Like, how is J.K. Rowling like the richest woman in the world? <laughs> because Hufflepuff. Seriously. Well, it's the reason that Fifty Shades of Grey sold so much. Mm. You don't have to write a good book. You just yeah. got to write a book that people can read and be like, oh yeah. I, I know how to read these words. <laughs> I read them words. I they read them words. Oh. <laughs> Don't be a dick. It's, 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 it's actually quite an interesting narrative. It's actually quite an interesting fantasy narrative, honestly. Okay. To be honest, it actually is. It's just I've got better ones to read. Um, so, yeah, they reckon that Harry Potter and, and all of our witchy demonness. That's what yeah. makes the UK bad. So they're coming here to fix it. And um, Bryn, she's uh, she's she views herself as the enforcer of the group. She mm. says, "I can take on those demons." So you know, these girls mean business. They do mean business. Yeah, they are. What is going to happen is they are going to come over here, and like they are just going to. They're gonna because they've lived like a sheltered life. They're just going to be let loose on, like, the streets of Birmingham or something. And they're just going to kick some, like, random dude's ass and all get arrested. I hope so. They are all going to get so arrested. I reckon some skinhead in Hull is going to throw chips at them and they're going to think that he's he's possessed by a demon and just, like, exercise exercise butt-kick the shit out of him. Like... Like no one should go to Hull, but especially this lot of people that should not go to Hull, because, yeah, they are definitely, they're going to be in way over their heads. If Can you imagine them in, like, a church community hall in Slough? Oh, fucking hell. Yes, yes, I can. <laughs> the power like, of Christ compels you. What's that? But the, you know what's going to happen is they're going to go to, like, some church hall, but, like... And, and you know, Simon, I know, I know you've been involved with this sort of church, so I don't mean to denigrate you, but you know, some sort of like American style, like singing Christian rock, clapping and shit. Church. You mean bro church? A bro church, and and like the people there, like they're British people who go to this church, and they're going to think they're like, oh yeah, well we'll get this, and then these girls will start, and they'll be like, that's a bit much. <laughs> Because, like, deep down, like, no matter how, like, kind of crazy over the top you're you're kind of, like, clapping and dancing Christianity gets, you're still deep down, you know, you're British. Like You are not ready for kung fu exorcisms. The cornerstone of your belief system is still based around drinking tea and, like, supporting a mid-tier football team. Yeah. 
you're not ready for like kung fu exorcism. <laughs> Britain is not ready for kung fu exorcism. I feel like I am. I feel like I'd, I'd, <laughs> I reckon I could go and experience that and I would enjoy it. I think I'd leave that room a changed man. <laughs> they would kick the demon shit out of you, Simon. But I'm not demon. I'm not demonically possessed, or is right. that like is that so what they want me? That's you, what they want me like to do. You believe, might think you, you're not, but like they'll think they'll definitely think you are. They'll know. They'll be like he's. He's one of the Slytherin lot. And yeah. I'll be like, oh, fuck. It's like, he plays card games about magic. It's true, I do, G. It up. Yeah, exactly. You, those, those, those team girl exorcist karate people will kick your fucking ass, Simon. <laughs> Shit, I play wood elves in Warhammer as well, and they're all paganistic and stuff. Oh, man, maybe I am possessed by demons. But then I play I play dark angels in Warhammer 40,000. They're basically space Catholic church. So, you know. <laughs> but, no, I'm pretty sure, I'm just going to say it, but... The exorcist, um, the exorcist karate Baptists are not going to be cool with Catholics either. Oh, shit. Yeah, so I better not go. Yeah, you better not go. Maybe to they'll the- hear this podcast and they'll come and find me. <laughs> like, like I'll be half asleep because they're American. They'll still be working on American time. It'll be like two in the morning and yeah. I'll be asleep sound asleep in bed with my fiance and they'll just kick the door in <laughs> and then i will have to like kind of jackie chan in drunken master half asleep kung fu fight them around my flat because <laughs> obviously because i've watched loads of anime and martial arts movies i've just kind of absorbed that knowledge i know how to i know how to kung fu fight You've played a lot of, um, of video games of like martial arts, and you've played Metal Gear. You know exactly. I played Metal Gear. I've played Jade Empire. I've played what else? Various Tekken games. I know martial arts probably. I've never had to test that knowledge, but I assume I do. So I reckon I'll be able to take them on and defeat them for for Satan. I suppose. <laughs> I don't really want to do that, though. But if I have to pick a side, like, on one hand, like, if they kick my ass, Christianity wins, which I'm all for. But if they kick my ass, they kick my ass. I don't really want that to happen. Oh, it's the eternal conundrum of the uh, the magic playing man. (laughs) I'm not, like... I want Christianity to win in the end, but I don't want three teenagers from Arizona to kick my shit out. (laughs) It's so difficult. Hopefully I'll work it out when they come for me, because eventually the decision's going to be made for me. Yeah, you're not going to have a say in this shit. Um, Speaking of of things, you know, we were talking about Harry Potter, things that people have associated with evil and witchcraft for children. I recently saw some shit about Pokemon simon yeah you'd like you you watched an episode of pokemon uh, did we speak about it on the show or was it in some extras like a few months ago we spoke about like about me watching an episode of pokemon and it being like me kind of being freaked out about how mental it was yeah but this isn't about the tv series the pokemon cartoon um this is about the uh, video game oh wow handheld video game pokemon big fan you know, of that i haven't played that competitively for a long time yeah like i mean i i sort of I, I dallied with it in my childhood. You're a dabbler. I dabbled. Yeah, exactly. Its core dynamic was fairly straightforward. You had like, there was like so a few types of Pokemon. It was like elements. So it was like earth, wind, and fire, or some yeah. shit. And then like earth, plants. wind, and fire. Sheik were there. 
Um, you but, had a, a number of other funk and soul bands as well. There was Earth, Wind and Fire, Chic, um, <laughs> but Rick James. Rick James was in it. Yeah, there were basically there were like six types of Pokemon, and it was yeah. like sort of it was like a rock paper scissors one. Like one would be better against one, you know. Yeah. And it was like it was fairly easy to wrap my sort of ten year old mind around. Yeah. The other day, um, a friend of the show, Ian Flynn, posted. He he he's really into video games, and he posts like quite a lot of stuff on Facebook and things about it. And the other day, he posted like a table of like the upcoming Pokemon game of like what beats what. And you know, like when I was a kid, there were like six things. There are about six thousand things on this table. Now, as it stands, as far as I'm aware, there is earth, um, flying, poison, steel, uh, there's grass, insect, ghost, dark, fairy is a new one, water, ice, dragon, um are there any other ones? Psychic fighting i think that's it so there is about like maybe almost 20 i would say now it, it was like it was like a fucking excel spreadsheet it was like but i don't understand it because like as a child i could fairly straightforward go i've got a water pokemon he will put out a fire pokemon because water puts out fire like how the fuck are children these days going um yeah i've got a zinc pokemon <laughs> So that'll be a ghost ammonium Pokemon. It's like, yeah, but no, you've actually got a bug zinc Pokemon. And that, like, that ammonium Pokemon is actually a dragon. So it's going to fuck your shit up. It's like, oh, it's so, like, what? <laughs> yeah, and there's loads of Pokemon now as well, G. Yeah, like, there's the, 2,000 Pokemons. Yeah, it's it's got pretty out of hand. Like, there was, like, the, the game I stopped playing at, I had Pokemon Diamond and... Mm. um. And there were, in Pokemon Diamond, there were there were Pokemon for the concepts of space and time. <laughs> I shit you not, Pokemon Pearl and Diamond. I think Diamond was the po- had the Pokemon for time on it, mm. and um, and Pearl had the Pokemon for space on it. There was also a Pokemon that represented the abstract abstract concept of a god of the white light light faiths. He was like the creator deity of the Pokemon world. And he was a Pokemon you could capture you and like used to beat other people's Pidgeys. <laughs> I I like game sharked him into my game and just like crushed really low level NPCs. <laughs> like Where is your god now? Using Hyperbeam on your Pidgey. And um, I mean it's just like for ten year old me, like Pokemon I could get like Kids today, like, the children play Pokemon because if they do, like, kids must be, like, the smartest people in the world to understand that shit. I think that maybe there's different layers to it. Like, I think that children will will interact with Pokemon on the level that we always interacted with it when we were kids. Like, they will, they will never, they won't necessarily understand it. Like, I don't think you've got, there's any 10 year olds out there EV training their Pokemon. Don't know uh, what that means. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> 
it's an advanced system of training Pokemon where you maximize their their growth curves by specifically fighting certain wild Pokemon, which give you EVs in certain stats, which means that their stats boost exponentially as they reach certain points in their growth curves. And you can mean? only gain so many EV points. What does EV mean? You're not uh, explaining. That was the, that was the core point I of this. I think it means evolutionary value. Which, which means that basically you can only have a maximum of, I think it's like 590 EV points on any one Pokemon. And they can be put into any of their stats. So you've got special attack, physical attack, um, special defense, physical defense, speed. And I think there's another one I can't remember. Uh, HP might be one as well. So um, like let's say fighting a Pidgey might give you two EVs in special attack. And if you beat it, you get those EVs and they go onto your Pokemon. Um, um, sorry, sorry, I've got to stop you because I think half my brain just died. <laughs> this is a game about, about <laughs> monsters game, for children. A, this is a children's game about monsters. <laughs> it was, but, but what you're seeing here, G, is you're seeing we played Pokemon before the internet. I mean, this is it. It's the same people as... It's the same as the guys who fucked up, like, My Little Pony for children, yeah. isn't it? Like, yeah. That's it. It's like kids can't have things because there's like irritating adults fucking up their shit now. Yeah. So there are like all these ridiculous meta gaming. Oh, yeah. By the way, EVs you can't see in the game. You have to use an online calculator to work out which ones. So there is somebody who has gone through every Pokemon game and they have randomly attacked wild Pokemon over and over and over and over again to work out how they max out your EVs and then they've evolved each Pokemon to level 100 because that's the only way you can see the full dividends from the EVs that you've got. Um, basically, it's the internet, which is fine. That's yeah. cool because, you know... It's, I guess it's, that's it. Yeah, I mean, everyone's got their own like brain things going on, but but it's but it's, it's crazy that 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 I think the thing that confused me about Pokemon is you have that ridiculously deep strategic system that involves a huge amount of meta gaming bundled inside a children's game about making monsters fight each other. Yeah, about like cute monsters going and yeah, yeah, exactly, and shooting a brain beam at each other. <laughs> yeah, it's like. So, so he used tackle them and goes, and then it plays like a little like trumpet thing. Yeah, like, <laughs> but like, it's not. It's, it's more complicated than that now. Everything's becoming more complex. I don't like that. I think I think like children should be allowed to have some things. It's. I guess it's like. It's probably it's kind of like the same reason I stopped playing Minecraft. Like I remember yeah. I got I got on Minecraft. Like, we really used to play early. Minecraft together, didn't we? Yeah, we did, and it was like really fun because it was like, oh, I chopped a tree, and now I built a thing out of the tree, and yay! Yeah, and it's like, and, and then it's like, oh, but now you can fight dragons, and I'm like, no, oh, fuck this. I uh, yeah, I I played a bit of the Tech It Pack, which is insane. Um, oh yeah, I remember you going on about that. <laughs> you can like make fully automated factories within Minecraft. It's mm. uh, yeah, it's, it's. I think that that just the way that especially the gaming industry works is is it's now so specifically fine tuned to allow people to run concepts into the ground. So that's know, just I what mean, happens. That's the thing. Like, I mean, obviously, I play some some like horrendously sort of like. Like I mean, I, I I like grand strategy games. Yeah, like, I'm kind of into games where I have to get out of like a pad of paper and work out like values and shit. Yeah. And like, oh well, if I move kind of this army here and kind of blah, blah, blah. like, so I mean, 
and that's fine. But I also just occasionally want a game where it's like I press button and, and a and a bright colour happens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that as well. But we can't have that. Because because people want to metagame it to death. But that's like you you're now in a world where like the the whole way that like stuff like Kickstarter and crowdsourcing and like the Steam Workshop works is you get you like let's say Skyrim for example you get a developer makes a game like Skyrim and it is connected to the Steam Workshop and then the amount of man hours that the fans can put into it based on like the fact that they their all of their work is they're not working for like a paycheck they're doing insane like like programming labors of love because they love the game so much and then you have all this content which is which adds ridiculous amounts to the game but it adds like like you for every like like the the R, the RGN unique guard system that somebody made for Skyrim to make each and every guard uniform dynamic and different you have somebody else who's like it's really important to me that all of the horses in Skyrim have really realistic vaginas and anuses <laughs> Uh, so I've made this incredibly high-resolution uh, model that replaces all the horses. I mean, the thing is, like, obviously, I'm disgusted by that. But, like, with the Steam Workshop stuff, it's sort of... It's fine because I can get the game and I don't have to touch that stuff. Like, yeah. that stuff can stay over there. But I think, like, you mentioned Kickstarter is, like, a big thing because it's sort of... Um, kind of now for someone to make, like a game where a fun thing happens. They're like, I want to make a game where this fun thing happens. But to get the money for it, I need to go through a bunch of horrible nerds. Yeah. So I need to pander to their shit. Yeah, exactly. And so and so now like I mean it's different, but it's kind of basically the same sort of thing working. So now we have seven thousand types of Pokemon in a spreadsheet. Yeah. And that's that's where we are now. Uh, it's like Mighty Number no. Nine is a great example of that, um, which which is actually going to turn out to be pretty cool. Which is all of the, basically all the old team which made my favourite computer game of all time, Mega Man X, mm. have um, have have like got onto Kickstarter and have decided to try and make a new Mega Man, and that's being crowd like crowdfunded by old fans of Mega Man. But yeah, that's. That's the kind of shit that happens now. That's, that's the not, new. That's what happens now. That's the new era. The new you know era is 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 make money off of off of the fans before you make the the, the thing, which is oh. cool. But yeah. it breeds shit like unnecessarily overcomplicated Pokemon. Yeah. So Simon, um, just want to mention uh, Bob Geldof's going into space. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Speaking of like things that are ruining everything for everyone else, yeah, why Bob is Bob Geldof, Geldof going into space? <laughs> Bob Geldof is um, Bob Geldof is travelling with the Space Expedition Corporation next year. He has paid one hundred thousand dollars to go to space. That's really cheap. Um, I feel that's too cheap. He he is going into space with Armin van Buren and Victoria's Secret model Dutzen Kreuz. Like, okay, so I'd love to go to space, but would I want to be stuck on a rocket with those three people? I mean, no. I don't, I don't know anything about the Victoria's Secret models. Like, she could be fine, but like, I mean, fucking hell! Imagine, like, imagine if you're on a plane stuck with Bob Geldof and Armin van Buren, like in between those two. Now imagine the plane is going to space. <laughs> 
I imagine that Bob Geldof would keep on insisting they 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 spin the shuttle with retro thrusters so he can constantly look at Africa. Um, well, this is what Gold Geldof had to say. Being the first Irish man in space is not only a fantastic honour, but pretty mind-blowing. The first astronaut space rat. Elvis may have left the building, but Bob Geldof will have left the planet. Wild. Who would have thought it possible in my lifetime? Can we leave him up there? Can we, please? Like, never, never have I more wanted a rocket to explode. <laughs> I don't think that it needs to explode. I think he can just stay up there. We'll tell him it's like a social experiment, so he's into it. And we'll just leave him up there with Armand Van Buren. (laughs) Just see what happens. I really... Can we... Like, listeners of Erin and Mercy, can we crowdsource enough money so that Ireland can send someone else into space first? (laughs) So that Bob Geldof cannot, on his tombstone, have the first Irish man in space. (laughs) Who could we spend? What? Who could we send? Which Irish man? Um, Eamon Holmes. Eamon. Oh yes, the best answer to that question. That's amazing. Yes, we could. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah and then we we should have a live video feed so he can still yeah. like underhandedly insult that girl on sky news from <laughs> space <laughs> it's a great idea oh, it's a right. really good idea that's it he's on sky can we can everyone who listens to the show please send a twitter message to rupert murdoch asking him to send aaron holmes into space before bob geldof gets there <laughs> please so good like a hundred thousand pounds yeah it's- Hundred thousand dollars. It's only sixty-four grand. Okay, me and Nicole were looking at like the property um, Hmm. newspaper. That's like you could you could to buy a house in a nice area of Leamington costs about like three hundred k. So that's like maybe a sixth of the cost of a house in in Leamington Spa. Is how much it costs to go to space. Yeah, for a sixth of the cost of a house in the town in which Simon lives, we could send Eamon Holmes into space. We gotta, we've got to do it. We've got to set up a Kickstarter. Do you have to like actually get permission from the people you're funding on the Kickstarter before you start it, or can we cut through that red tape afterwards? I'm pretty sure if we if we just sent him a message, he'd be down. Like, who wouldn't want to go to space? Who who one wouldn't want to go to space, and who two wouldn't want to beat Bob Geldof at something? It would be so good. It would be so good. We've got to send Eamon Holmes to space. That's it. It's done. <laughs> the choice is made. I'll try and set up the Kickstarter. We'll see what happens. See what happens. See how that project goes. <laughs> oh, man. It's uh, it's mad. Just what Bob Geldof going to space. What a fucking world we live in where Bob Geldof is going to space. For the price it... Like, like, I'm going to suggest that maybe Bob Geldof should take the money he was going to spend on going to space and uh, put it into Africa. Yeah, like you keep going on about yeah. Bob Geldof. He's dick. gotten quiet on that recently because he's probably realised he can go to fucking space with all that money. <laughs> he's like, I could save a country in Africa or I could go to space a whole bunch. I, I imagine he was in the middle of like a, a meeting with a bunch of like aid aid ministers who from, from various different companies and he got a phone call and he's like, just a moment, I've got to tell you this. Hello? Yeah, yeah, it's me. What really? Space. How much? 
60k for hang on a minute <laughs> fuck you guys i'm going to space and then he like, just drops the phone and walks out do you know what the worst thing about bob geldof is is it sort of go on tell me <laughs> no i mean why is bob geldof like able to go to space like i mean because like, it only Gel- cost 60 in, grand but, yeah, but he was in a shit band like how is how is the member? How is a member of the Boomtown Rats able to go to space? <laughs> we should like we should start like a, a mediocre band bands to space thing. We'll send Dexy's Midnight well, Runners. Yeah, exactly. So how many other new wave sort of like post punk like eighties bands should have gone to space? Madness. They can why go to space. Why aren't the Stranglers in space? They had they had just as much influence as music on music as Bob Geldof. Let's be honest. I think we should start the hashtag Sugs in Space. <laughs> like how many other eighties? Like why why is a member of the Boomtown Rats going to space? Whereas where whilst Brian Ferry is still on Earth, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> I mean, it's only Brian Ferry, but still better than Bob Geldof. <laughs> oh man, we should send there like like all of Simple Minds who are still around. We could send them into none space. Of, none of them are in space, as far as I'm aware. Yet Bob Geldof. Going to space. Why isn't David Bowie in space? Well, I mean, come on. So many questions. Like they even like, like Flight of the Concords even wrote a song about David Bowie being in space. I mean, I, I'm still my favourite thing. I mean, because I mean, the reason is obviously, I guess it's live aid eh? because like Bob Geldof like told a bunch of better musicians to play some music and he did a song. Yeah. And it wasn't very good. And then like Queen came along and everyone gave them loads of money. Like, and it was all right. But do you know the, the thing about that? Like, because it was like a transatlantic thing. So there was a show at like um, Wembley Stadium and then there was a show in the States of like Prince, I think. Um, but like between the two shows... David Bow- David Bowie's original pitch was that him and Mick Jagger would go to space oh my God. <laughs> and do a song from space. And they were going to do it until they realised that the satellite communication network wasn't capable of it. it like, was like, 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 literally, they were like David Bowie was let down by inferior satellite communication yeah, systems. Like, but no, don't even think that. They actually looked into whether it was possible to send David Bowie and Mick Jagger into space to do a duet together. <laughs> Why didn't that happen? Why didn't that happen before Bob Geldof went to space? It's so sad. <laughs> I want David Bowie to be in space now. Mm. I feel like he's got enough money. Surely. He I'm, must be fucking loaded. He must have 60 grand knocking about. What if, what, what if, horrifically, I mean, stay with me here. What if David Bowie doesn't actually really want to go to space? Oh no! Can't even consider it. It's not even not even a possibility. No, why do you even bring that up? Because that's so like this is a world where a, where a coconut was arrested and Bob Geldof is going to space. But that is the most absurd thing I have heard. 
<laughs> like they've got the they've got the the rocket all prepped, and he's like, "I've changed my mind about going to space." <laughs> like, you sure? Are you sure, David? Because you wrote all those songs about being in space. He was like, "That was more of a narrative device." <laughs> I'm actually terrified of space. <laughs> And they're like, come on, look, look, get on the rocket. We fueled it. He's like, no, I'm going to the pub. <laughs> I'm just worried. I'm worried that David Bowie is actually afraid of space. <laughs> or like maybe he doesn't say anything. Maybe he doesn't say anything until they get him up there. And they're like, come in, come in, Major Tom. This is ground control to Major Tom. And he's like, that's not very funny. This is really quite unpleasant. I think I've thrown up in my space suit and some of it went in my eyes. So I don't want David Bowie to have a thoroughly unpleasant time in space. That would be bad. Fair enough. That's reasonable, I guess. Um, I've just realised that we've um, that we've come up for an hour off the show. Oh shit! Like yeah. you know, you know, it's time to stop the show when I start doing David Bowie impressions. Exactly. It's like oh, Simon's doing a David Bowie impression, and it's exactly an hour into the show. <laughs> That's what it is. You can measure like like how many beers I've had before the show started. You can measure like the, the, the amount of time between when we start recording and when I start doing David Bowie impressions. Yeah, I believe it much. starts an hour with one beer and yeah. then gradually decrease, decreases in increments of 15 minutes. That, yeah, that makes sense. Like, that sounds t- so, I mean, if you drank four beers before the show, would you just start the show? It would literally a- be like, hello, I'm, I'm Gary Thomas and I'm David Bowie. That's how it'd start. Yeah. And you'd be like, oh, fucking hell, Simon's drunk again. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's our show for this week. Yeah, it's it's been a bit of a free-form show this week. <laughs> we had know. plans and we had things we were going to talk about, but it got a bit yes. out of hand. I'm not going to lie to you. But I, 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 I enjoyed everything we talked about. Yeah. You know, We've had our ups, we've had our downs, we've had David Bowie being scared of space. <laughs> um, so, yeah... Um, Thank you very much for listening. Uh, if you want to get in touch with the show, our Facebook page is facebook.com forward slash errand of mercy. Um, we also have a Twitter, which is at EOM podcast. And you can send us emails to eom.podcast at gmail.com. Um, we've got some new fan art. Um, I'll probably be putting that up uh, sometime after we've recorded this show. And uh, yeah, so thank you very much for listening. Please tell a friend, as always, like if you enjoyed it, just like link friends for show we've got our youtube page so you can just look that up and like give them some clips of some funny things we've said yeah and um and yeah thank you very much well uh we will see we see you next week maybe when we're back in the uk maybe well yeah we'll 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 hold out in liberia for a little bit longer but yeah maybe back in the uk next week i'll be honest with you until then uh goodbye goodbye Bowers and spies What you doing out there, man? That's pretty freaky, Bowers Isn't it cold out in space, Bowers?
Do you want to borrow my jumper bowie? Does the space cold make your nipples go pointy bowie? Do you use your pointy nipples as telescopic antennae to transmit data back to Earth? But you do, you freaky old bastard, you. Hey Bowie, do you have one really funky sequence spacesuit? Or do you have several ch-changers? Do you smoke grass out in space, Bowie? Or do they smoke astroturf? Receiving transmission from David Bowie's nipple antenna. Do you read me, Lieutenant Bowie? This is Bowie to Bowie. Do you hear me out there, man? This is Bowie back to Bowie. I read you loud and clear, man. Who yeah, man? Your signal weak on my radar screen How far out are you, man? I'm pretty far out That's pretty far out, man Oh, I'm orbiting Pluto Oh, Drawn in by its gravitational Gravitational pull I'm jamming out with the McJagganaw And they think it's pretty cool Okay, Bowie, what was that sound? I don't know, man, I have to turn my ship around Ooh, it's the craziest thing Yeah, I'm picking it up on my LSD screen Can you see the stratosphere ringing? To the choir of Afro-Nord singing 